Hi, and welcome to episode 63 of the Studio Insider Art Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking all things studio setup. As Steph prepares to do a little renovation on her backyard studio to expand her work area, we're nerding out on all our best tips for a studio space that's efficient, ergonomic, environmentally aware, and cute. I hope you enjoy the episode. I just wanted to read out another review that we received, which is absolutely beautiful. It's from Favelart uh, over on Apple Podcasts, and she writes... Thanks so much for a wonderful podcast which examines the importance of mental well-being and the importance of an art practice. I often listen to your podcast while I'm running and it has become part of my unwind time. I look forward to future episodes. All the best, Rachel Favell. Thanks so much for your beautiful review, Rach. We really appreciate you sending that in. Hi, this is Susan Nethercote and welcome to the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In these episodes, I throw open the doors to my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. Whether it be candid insider chats with my studio assistants, Laura and Steph, or interviews with other creatives, or answering listener questions, there is something here for every emerging artist. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> oh, it's my turn to feel in trouble. Oh, my goodness. Who even is that person? Stephanie. Hi, we, Susan. Hi. Have we even ever started an episode without a giant giggle? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Are we embarrassed about turning up? Or? I don't know. It's awkward. Sure, stop it. Move on. Pretend it's not a problem. All right. <laughs> hi, Steph. <laughs> I'm excited about chatting today because it's a nice sort of lighthearted but really exciting topic. Yeah. Which is like you're you have actually spoken to a builder about coming in to renovate your back shed slash studio space into mm-hmm. a larger art studio. Yeah. So we were going to chat through some of the questions you had around what works well and how to maximise that space basically as a working studio. Yeah. So I'm going from um, a small shed outside of my back garden, which is attached to a larger garage. So the shed that I'm working in is about two metres by two and a half metres. It's It's not very big. Mm. And I've got some commissions that are fairly large. I'm, I'm out of space. But I'm also at the point where I've been experimenting long enough and growing this to the point that it's a serious full-time thing now. Yeah. Um, and it deserves its own workspace. So it I've does. managed to convince my partner of the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> thanks. And we've owned our house for a year now. It's my first house. And I feel like um, I'm really looking forward to investing in myself, my art and my home. So we're converting a garage, which is currently storage chaos slash workshop space. So it's where all my power tools are, but also annoying things like old mattresses and the family's bikes and my husband's car parts and tires and a lot of junk that um, we could use that space a lot better. Absolutely. Well, I think this is a magnificent idea and 
I applaud you in getting your husband on board so you can make the change happen. Mm-hmm. So what are you thinking? What do you need to know? What are the burning questions about having a space that's set up to maximize the space that you have? Right. So there are a few things that I'm quite clear on and a few things well, that Well, tell I'm us what you're clear about. on and then we'll go through the ones you're I'm clear on sure natural about. light. Yes. No brainer. So what are you doing? I am replacing a steel roller door with bifold glass doors. Oh, that will be lovely. Mm-hmm. And replacing one of the roof panels, which is corrugated steel at the moment, with what we call laser light. So it's yeah. a clear polycarbonate, well not clear, opalized polycarbonate which lets in lots of natural light and hopefully not too much heat. And are you going to put anything in there for the weather? Yes, I am, because we get extremes here yes. of extreme heat and, cold. I mean, cold. It's relative, but sometimes we get snow. So just, just like a fright. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it's relative. But we do live in one of the colder parts of yeah, Australia, we and we do get those 40-degree days as yes. well. I'm planning to put a proper heating and cooling Like a system. split system? Yes. Yeah. Because so I, I think it's actually important for the art that you do it that too and have a bit of climate control going on there just yes. for the health of your paints and canvases, etc. Yes. Mm. I thought about putting in something romantic like a pot belly, you know, a wood burning stove. Most Australian homes here, just to frame that, have a wood burning heater in them. That's a fairly normal thing. However, they do create a lot of dust and there's the ash and they're quite dirty things. And I thought we've having artwork around being stored or worked on it's probably not the best idea well you're going to lose the space around it too from the radiant heat and that's really relevant so i know i have in here in where it's sitting in my studio at the moment recording this and we actually have hydronic heating and so i'm limited with what i can store around those as well which has actually been tricky so i think a split system is a great thing because it's up high off the Uh ground too so it's not going to limit your space so that's a really good decision and we need to replace the one in the house because it's not Ah. awesome so you pop that in there i'll pop that in the shed and we'll get a new one for the house that's the plan awesome so they're the things you definitely know you want is there Mm -hmm. anything else you know Okay, I, I'm still thinking through the layout of the space, mm-hmm. um, how to make it optimal yep. for the way that I work, but also an enjoyable space to be in because aesthetics are important, but then there are lots of functional elements at play. The shed, it, the garage currently has power, so I have lighting and PowerPoints. It doesn't yet have water. And okay. I think we, I'm going to need that. I think that would be good if you could... You're not too far from your laundry, though. No, and um, I'm actually thinking of putting a rainwater tank uh, coming off that roof so that I can... What do you need the water for? Because you'd be taking up a lot of space with the sink. Is it for just for paintbrush washing? Just for paintbrush. So I've got a cutting plan. Okay, tell me then. My husband hates it whenever I say that because he's like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> it makes me think of Blackadder. Well, Did you ever watch it? It's, it's a thrill. I have a cunning that. plan. It's like, oh, well, my God, so. a show going. <laughs> I know, <Sorry>, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my cunning plan is, well, the reason I would like water out there is because it's at my home. When I work, my kid is often home <sighs> in house. I need to hide. <laughs> I need to hide. It's true. I get yeah. it. It makes complete sense. You know more. If I have to go into the house, which at the moment I fill up jugs yeah, yeah, and yeah. take them out, um, just for washing, like pe- painting water mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, if I go in, it's like she's reminded I'm there. 
And then it's like it's you don't even want to go to the toilet. You have to put in a toilet as well. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little bucket in yeah. the corner. Composting. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking that. But my cunning plan is I have purchased a very small laundry sink oh. on eBay. And I'm building it into a cupboard. I know Brilliant. it sounds random. No. It's going to go in a cupboard. And then I'll have like a little tea, coffee, like a little Perfect. kettle thing. Oh, you've above. really thought this through. Oh, I'm nerding out big time. Yeah. And then beneath you've been the on Pinterest, sink, I can tell. How I ever. And then underneath, I'll have two bins: one for recycling and one for awesome. general waste. And then that can all stash away because we own the home. I'm thinking also from a resale value, having an external work from home space. Yes. is the big thing that people are looking yes. for at the moment. So it will serve not only my needs in the short term, but... Increase the value yeah. of your home. That's, oh, that's really smart. I love it. Yeah. I love the thinking forward and broadly, but I wouldn't Correct. expect anything less of you, to be honest. So Whether I execute or not is a whole other story. But this So is what other brilliant ideas have you had? Oh, that's it. That's, oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> now we need your help. <laughs> we just need to talk through options which mm-hmm. I mean I I love this conversation because I'm always trying to think through ways I can use my space more efficiently but also changes I can make to my practice to um just smooth out all of the pathways from creating a painting to shipping that painting um mm. which is often overseas actually mm. so let's talk Yes, yeah, so one thing that I learned from my previous business incarnations was the importance of having dedicated spaces for different tasks. Mm-hmm. So whether that's a packing station or where you keep and store your messy things or storage for artwork or the place that you have your computer where you're in the zone to work. So could you talk to me a bit about your zones and how you maximize having many different things going on in one space but everything in your studio has a home well it does but it also is a little bit of a movable feast depending on what's going on movable so feast. that sounds delicious well well <laughs> yes it's so um i have a lot of tables on wheels so that i can have different spaces going for different things but i can move them when need be because as you know i do a lot of really large scale commission work so quite often I have to create space to do that in and move things out of the way. So I think having tables, actually as much furniture as possible on wheels is hugely valuable because um, you just, there's times when you have to create space to do things and you don't want to be inhibited by the placement of your furniture. So I have a couple of just really plain Ikea tables that have wheels on them, but you could do that to any, putting caster wheels on any of your tables. Yeah, I have to fess up that Pinterest taught me that too. So I've already been, I ordered some casters, locking casters. Right. Yep. And I've already been, as I'm doing my clear out in preparation for renovation, been adding wheels to furniture as it's been emptied and moved. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. Yes. Um, And in terms of storage, so this is an interesting one to talk through because I, as you know, we're sitting in my studio and I have quite a few just Ikea cupboards in this room that I I put in a few years ago when I actually had a quite a different business, which was my fashion business. So I still have quite a few items of clothing stored in cupboards in here and various tools, etc. that are from that time Mm -hmm. um, because I still do sell stock from that business online so I have a very large cupboard um, 
on one wall, which is full of storage, which actually one of these days is going to have to do a big clean out and get rearranged because mm. there's so much junk in there. And to this to give perspective, that's like one, two, three, four, five really closets. large, tall wardrobes. Yeah, they're but like, it's all shelved yeah. and has stock in there and has sort of art supplies that I don't use all the time and just various bits and bobs. And then I have stacks of canvases on top of that. So just to give people a bit of perspective, I live in an 1860s house and it has incredibly high ceilings in this room. So I have a lot of vertical yeah. storage. Um, so that's one storage area. In some ways, though, I regret having it. Tell me And this why. is something I thought would be good to talk through today. I'll tell you why. Um, do you, and I can, and there are ways around it, but um, I haven't quite gone there yet. You would have seen people using their wall with unstretched canvas on it to paint on. Yeah. Well, that's the reason in some ways I regret it because I this would be the wall that I could do mm. that on and I could paint on unstretched canvas. And because I often sell really large work overseas, I remove it from the stretcher bars and roll it and send it shipped in a tube anyway. So that could be a very a really good way for me to work. But mm-hmm. you can do a similar thing with having a, a wall constructed um that can be on wheels as well so there's another Mm. option for doing that i'm glad you mentioned that because i was going to ask you about easels i don't use an easel because i don't have the space and i'm thinking that i won't because of what you've just said i actually think you shouldn't because and i'll tell you why because this is something that's been going on in my mind since um talking to you about your supplier of canvases oh yeah okay um because you do stretch your own canvases, but you actually purchase the frames for your canvases and the stretcher made up from a supplier, and yeah. then you stretch them yourselves, yourself. Um, you may have multiple personalities that I'm referring to <laughs> when I say yourselves. <laughs> um, so, but what you could do, what you could be doing, is actually the same process, but on a larger scale and. Um, well, we have a mutual art friend, Bree Morrison, who we met at a workshop that she did here in the studio, who has actually built one of these walls that she has in her studio garage. Hello, Bree, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she hangs canvases on it, but you could just use that to, you know, nail up raw canvas on yeah. it and you could be painting on there and then you could be rolling and storing yeah. so you'll see I'm pointing now to the corner of the studio where I have a couple of workbenches that are shelved that I have next to my fireplace that's kind of my they're open they're not they're not got closing doors like these other ones do and um they're great because that's my shelf of things that I use all the time that I'm always getting out, putting away. And I do think it's really necessary to have something like that. But with a shelving system like that too, you can be storing rolled up canvases Mm -hmm. and you are eliminating the need to store a stretched canvas. You can make as much large work as you like. I actually, I'm actually thinking about doing something very similar Mm. myself Mm -hmm. because, and I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate in the sense that I actually have a very large, home and I also have a separate place that I can actually store some of my um you know stretcher bars and things at so I I have space but you don't so I think you need to be very savvy about what you use and I think given that you're already in the practice of stretching your own canvases that that kind of system could work Mm. very very well for you this is one of those episodes where I really regret it not being visual because (laughs) it'd be great to be able to actually showing 
ideas, but go and have a look at Brie Morrison's account. She's got one. And I can put images in the show notes. Yes. So everyone can see what on earth you're talking about. Yeah, so they're kind of like a a freestanding wall on wheels that, um, you know, and then you can actually hang canvases on those. And just working straight with the canvas upright. Yes. Not on an easel. Hey guys, are you loving what you're hearing on the podcast and craving a bit more from my studio? Then consider checking out my e-course trilogy, Painting as a Practice, playful classes in mixed media painting designed to nurture your authentic style. If you're a beginner painter or seeking some fresh new approaches in your art, then check out chapter one, Laying Solid Foundations. Or if you'd like to learn more about my ways with colour and mixed media art supplies, then chapter two is a great option. And if you're seeking to really hone your creative style or learn how to create a series of larger works on canvas, then chapter three is a brilliant option. Each chapter is just 77 US dollars each, or you can pick up the discounted bundle of all three courses for just 219 US dollars. To learn more, be sure to head on over to the link in the show notes or susannethercutestudio.com forward slash online dash classes. I'll see you soon. Now, I work flat quite a lot because I use gel pens and they don't yeah, work right. upright. So, but I use my wall space to store work that's either in process right. or ready to, yes. ready to ship like you know mm-hmm. as I'm putting together a collection so yeah I was thinking about constructing some sort of um uh you know a rail and peg system you know like shaker pegs yeah those. yeah so something similar to that on yeah. the wall so that I can hang and store but also hang canvases as I'm working on them great but yeah I really hear you about you know, when I was an alternative system stuff, yeah. that's going to allow you to work larger because you're really inhibited in that way at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're going to go, if you, if you, I think it could be a really great system for you. I've seen the space. It's not, even with the additional area, it's not massive. Stop. But if you did something like that, then you can be making as much large work as you like and you can just roll it and store it um, until mm. it sells or until you're able to stretch it up just gives you so many more options and as anyone that's been working on canvas for any extended period of time probably will be listening with eager ears on that one as well because it's a common problem yeah um i'm probably going to face that you're not you don't face because your studio's in your home it's lovely and clean as in it's a dust-free environment Mm -hmm. but i have power tools also in that space because i do my own framing um for my larger pieces i don't for the small pieces anymore um, but there's generally a lot of dust and dirt mm. around in spaces that are like it's a retrofitted outdoor space. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, most of my cupboards have doors on, which yes. is great. And I'm also thinking of you. I've got those cupboards on wheels now. Of using those as a dividing wall to sort of um, enclose the, the dirtier jobs. <laughs> Do you know okay. the things that are going to be a bit dustier or dirtier so that i can have a you know a cleaner space yeah you need the cupboard doors to keep everything clean yes those are some of my thoughts i mean do you ever have issues with that with dust and dirt and ones are not uh no because i don't do i i have another space a shed space that i stretch canvases in and i don't do i whenever i need woodwork done i ask you (laughs) so (laughs) 
Because <laughs> you're like the, the lady tradie from way back. Um, no, I have to say one of the things that kind of annoys me a bit is having doors on my cupboards because right. um, that's why that I could use that space to have something pegged up on it, except I know the moment that I put something up against those cupboard doors where I, I normally have my canvases sitting in front of is you the moment someone will order something that lives in one of those cupboards and I'll have yes. to take it after. So I'm constantly having to roll the um, easels forward maybe to get you need things. a wall on wheels well so maybe I do need a, I think I do it's something I've been thinking about for a while um, and I and a system to transition to so um, exactly what I described to you yeah, is something right. that I'm considering doing now that I have a space and a table where I can stretch up large canvases myself that's something I could do mm. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm enjoying chatting through this with you but the cup I'll tell you the one space that has worked really well is I'm pointing now behind me. I have, um, they're more IKEA cupboards, but they're more cabinets. Yeah. Um, where I have my paints set up and I have um, shelves with paints on them, which has yeah. been great in terms of having them all visible. Are these, the, I think they're called the I, I Venga or I Venga or something like that cabinet. They're very popular yes. on Pinterest because people. Mm do hacks on them to make them look terribly fancy. They do. That's right. And I did geek out on that rather yeah. majorly when I was figuring out what I was going to do here for my paints. But have you got a strategy for what you're going to do with paints and art supplies? Well, I that? have a really great system for my paints. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. I chuck them in a basket and then I spend ages looking for each colour ah. as I need it. It's very planned. <laughs> Yeah, um. no, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you have a huge array of paints and colours you buy in bulk. I'm really much more modest. Okay. I probably only use focused. about seven different colours. Yeah. They're always the same ones all the time, mixed in variations. So I I have a trolley. You've got a, this. Yeah, this is like, like a trolley. The artist's go to yes. being a trolley on wheels. Yeah. Um. And I think that will be my go-to. Great. Yeah. Just storing them on the top of that. I'm, I'm not using a lot of different... And I don't use a lot of different brushes. Well, that's so basic. That's so great that you have honed it down to what you use. Like everything fits in a small toolbox. Like easy peasy. Perfect. So I think I don't need to think that through too much. I mean, yes, I have lots of other things like mediums and spray paints and blah de blah I'm just going to shove them in a cupboard because they're not things you're I not use using all the them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like having my pot of pens, my little basket of yeah. paints, and my brushes, my small pot of brushes on hand. Yeah. So they'll probably go on the trolley. I do have a question about flooring. Yes. It's a dirty concrete stained floor. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not fussed about how it looks, but I want to protect my body. That if I am standing for periods of time, that I mean I wear ugly sneakers that are really good for my feet. So that's a top tip I got from you and Laura mm -hmm. very early on in the podcast. You mentioned, but yeah, I want to talk about what are your thoughts on uh, well, the floor. The way that my floor worked out in here, I think, is actually a perfect solution for anyone. I have carpeted floors, but I have just off the roll vinyl in a floorboard design mm. 
mm-hmm. um, in lino that I just spread over it. And I think the genius part of it is that it's on top of carpet and it's not on a hard floor because artists, as painters, we often spend a lot of time on our feet. And I, I do do some work sitting down, but most of it, probably about 85% of what I do is done standing. Mm-hmm. So having something underfoot that isn't... I, I've worked on concrete surfaces before. I've had studios on concrete and they're so hard on they the whole body. So yes, footwear is one thing, but I would actually invest a little bit of money and even... I'd just do the vinyl with a nice squishy underlay. But it right. doesn't have to be fancy. Like, um, But I wouldn't skip it. I wouldn't just leave the concrete no. because it will actually insulate your space as well and save on energy with your... Um, your reverse yes. cycle aircon. Are you doing any insulating in there as part of your Renault? Um, it's solid brick. Um, okay, so it'll be pretty good. That should be pretty good. But the roof mm. is joist sparrows and steel. And you're leaving that exposed? I am for the time being. Yeah. That'll be phase two, I yeah. think. Um, it, it stays fairly cool because it's brick. Mm-hmm. And also the guard that... It butts directly onto the neighbor's property and the level of their land is higher than our garage. Okay. So it's insulated fairly well up to mid-height by okay. dirt outside, okay. by people's gardens. Oh, yeah, right. Um, it's almost underground. <laughs> like a little hobbit little house. Art cave. <laughs> a little art hobbit yeah. cave. But I like what you're saying about the carpet and I'm thinking we've planned to... Our house has 60-year-old carpet, lovely shag 60s carpet in it. Oh, we'll rip it out and put it yeah. in the shed it's and been put it underneath your vinyl. But mm. the vinyl is just the best solution right. for it, I reckon, because you can also, you know, I mean, not that you ever would because it's going to be covered in paint anyway, but if you do want to replace it down the track, you just peel it up and And it's inexpensive. It. It's Very not that expensive. expensive. I mean, it, it, the nicer ones are a little bit more expensive, but I actually, I paid a little bit more for one that I actually liked. And it's great in terms of, you know, I often photograph stuff for Instagram on my floor with my feet because it's yeah. a cute little photo, toes and art, you know. Um, and because it, I mean, people don't know that it's not floorboards and they're probably thinking, I can't believe you let all that paint get on your floorboards. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not floorboards. Um, and I would actually, then one of the things that I'll do at one point is get, get someone in here to actually lay the entire space. Cause currently it's just kind of squares and it's a bit random, Right. but I actually like it. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm a huge fan of vinyl. That probably makes me really tacky, but we even have it in our bathroom because the kids can't slip over and crack their heads open on it either. Yeah, our floorboards are actually fake. Yeah, I think a lot are now. And they're Mm. actually, I find they're also, they're just a bit softer on the body too. They're not hard, which um, really impacts me with the body issues that I have. So it's good that you bring that up because I think people can sometimes underestimate how exhausting it can be for the body to stand on concrete all day. Yeah, it's not And it's fun. great that you wear runners because that is giving you some help. But um, It just reminds me of the days of when I, you know, was a student and waitressing and, like, the amount of standing. Oh, yeah. And, oh, it's, yeah, it really mm. does take its toll. You're very sore if you don't mm. have good footwear and a good floor. So I think that's a good tip because even if someone isn't able to carpet their whole space... You can get offcuts from the carpet. Uh, it's store. such a good solution. Like if someone's turned a spare bedroom or a dining room or something into a studio space and it's in their home and it's kind of not entirely their own, but they're feeling inhibited. I mean, there's nothing worse than working on tarps. 
and like plastic covers and things that kind of you trip over whereas vinyl's got a bit of weight to it and you can lay it down and it can kind of look okay but then you can stop worrying about splashing paint around that's great for renters Um, as well totally totally so i i highly recommend that's one of my favorite tips for um just getting a studio space and turning it into a space you don't feel precious about great Mm. Um, also on on the theme of ergonomics I have inherited a table a big square table my uh, mother-in-law used to be a florist and a florist and it's one of their work tables so it's a it's a melamine table it's mm-hmm. steel it's very heavy so I'm putting it on casters Great. so I can move it around but also it's quite high and the oh well, that's what you want a hip height yeah. bench hip height hip height that's the go yeah I think so. How many well, shorties? I mean, so I that's go, quite easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I used because I had a, fa- a fashion design studio for a long time, so all of our cutting tables would be hip height, and that's kind of a really actually most of my tables in this studio are really too low for me. But I don't work standing up at a table that much. I do it a bit, um, yeah. and, but I mostly work upright. On if easels. you're filming, isn't it? If you're filming, it's on a table as well. Um, so you can get the overhead but generally yeah larger work is usually upright I I have had phases of painting I do having um, folding tables actually in your studio is a really handy thing too because that gives you option Um, so sometimes I paint if I've had because I do have shoulder issues from time to time um, I'll lay large paintings flat and paint backgrounds etc right yeah um, but I actually can't have the table that high for that because I can't lean over, get over it and get it. the reach. Right. So, but it sounds like that bench would probably be a really great height for you because yeah. a lot of your work's smaller. And I've been using it for framing. It's perfect for that. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's... Your big main work table. Work. Mm. Has it got a shelf underneath? It does it? indeed, yeah. because yeah. that's the other great thing about a table like that is having shelving underneath. And that's currently storing store. my packing materials. So great. I keep... I keep boxes for stuff that gets delivered and it's annoying but I love that I can recycle and you know I use reuse the bubble wrap and and that's stashed under there which is helpful that could be something you could keep up in a loft in your roof space too hey can we talk about roof space because I'm a pom I'm from England Mm -hmm. we use our roof space Mm -hmm. very wisely there and everybody has in roof storage Australians don't no, we just build massive houses. <laughs> Huge, sprawling houses. It's terrible. Um, and don't use the roof space. So I've, I, I think one of the jobs I'd like to do is get the builder to install a proper drop-down uh, ladder because right now right. it's just an opening. Yeah. Um, and we'll store the household, like the Christmas decorations and stuff. Yes. That's currently in that garage, but I don't need. You could be keeping that in it my life. in the roof. We all, my dad or my parents always stored stuff in their roof as well. Parents are smart. Yeah. People we, need to do it more. Yes, they do. Um, and we have in other houses as well stored the things in, in our roof too. So Although, that's a great idea. But do you, I'm just thinking of your shed, your, yeah. the part that you're converting, the brick part. Does that have a gable? No, it doesn't. It's a skillet is it roof. Flat? Oh, okay. But, but is, there, is there space? It's fairly high and we already have great big, there are existing big shelves that go over that, the side. You don't even need a lot of space to like slide boxes and things yeah. and even a roll of, um, you know, bubble wrap or yeah. whatever you need. That would be a really good storage yes. space for um, packaging materials because they do take up a lot of they do. space. And have a little set of fold-out steps that I use a lot because I'm a shorty. Um, 
so I, I'll keep a set of those in there for yeah. so I don't injure myself. I'm always trying to reach things too high. Oh, yeah. Pulling muscles. <laughs> yeah. But hey, we're devoting on the roof space. Um, as an overshare, my mum is a hoarder. Like, right. like has a problem. Does she yeah. know she's on the podcast? This no, week? she doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but we had someone come around, like a structural engineer come around and told her that she had to get rid of stuff from her roof because the roof was going to collapse. Yeah, <laughs> right. Did so, she do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had this. Because if your clip. house is going to fall down, you really have to. Yeah, you really have to. <laughs> they were like, oh, this is not designed to store a whole other household of stuff in your roof space. Just FYI, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, Good to know. Um, okay, okay. What are, what are, I feel like I've got more questions for you. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking around the studio because I'm trying to think of things that have really worked for me. I don't know how much work you're making on paper anymore, but those Alex drawers from Ikea, mm-hmm. really great. Stores yes. up to A2. I don't know if that's relevant for you, but I those drawers, because they slide under the table really easily and can be tucked away and they're also on wheels, um, I think they'd be really awesome great. for storing paints and supplies. They would be good well. for anything because they're really shallow drawers. Yeah. Anything you want to see, I think they'd be great for laying out tubes of painting yeah. actually and trays of things. They're just really excellent. Partic- and a lot of artists have them. I see them a lot on Instagram. Yeah, I often see people turning them in, like putting a top on it and having them as you know, sort of bookends to a desk as well, which is Yes, smart. you can. And mm-hmm. I have these are all the ones I'm pointing to now in my actual desk drawers, which are also part of the Alex range, but they are the back of the side of my desk. But I've got that drawers under there. So I'm pointing at things that people can't <laughs> see. <laughs> um, Talk to me about lighting. Um, I have, as you know, I have very similar um, studio lights to you, but to the moment I screwed pretty much to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the ceiling in my studio over the space where yes, I work which is really smart what are, what, what are your thoughts on lighting and I don't know like um, temperatures and well all that sort of you stuff? can get um, some. there's some pretty amazing new things out there in terms of L, like strips of LEDs and stuff if you want that kind of thing I would actually chat to someone about that that's an, an electrician or someone because when we recently put some lighting in the shed that we have where I just stretch my canvases they were telling us about products that I'd never even heard of before like alternatives to sort of strip um fluorescent lighting etc um that are quite energy efficient as well so there's lots of different things out there that I didn't even know existed I think having a a continuous stream of good lighting is a really good thing and not fluorescent because fluorescent skews colors Mm-hmm. Um, so just from having particularly working in fashion for years and in environments that had a lot of fluorescent lighting, we would always have to take projects outside to double check them in the daylight because, um, fluorescent lighting actually changes the appearance of colors. Yes. So that's just a tip for anyone that's considering lighting for their studio to stay away from that. Um, but there's all kinds of alternatives that are not fluorescent these days that, mm. that come in that sort of strip format that could work quite well in a space like yours. Yeah. Uh, so I'll let you know after the episode as well. We had a, a Sparky come and do our space who um, came from a similar realm as to the builder that you're using that came from our space as well. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. I've stolen your builder. No, yeah. that's good. Um, <laughs> no one else is allowed to use not, it. He's too good. <laughs> no, I'm not telling you, so don't even ask. <laughs> But the Sparky we used, he had a few different good ideas. That's great, yeah. yeah. I mean, something that is just very simple is if you have existing lighting, changing out the 
the globes, the bulbs in them for a daylight um, globe with a, you know... Absolutely. I even had to do that with my studio yes. lights. I couldn't get them. They the, were too full on. I don't know what yeah. was going on with them, but they were the wrong colour cast and it was bothering yes. me. Yes. Yeah. I do, I um, as, as strange as it might seem, because I have a huge window in my studio, I actually do struggle for lighting here in the summer months, which sounds very counterintuitive, but this the trees outside are deciduous, so there's actually more light and the sun's in ah. a better position. So I actually need more lighting in here. Right. Don't hate me for saying this, but my challenge in this space <laughs> is that um, it's a very old house, so there's not too many permanent fixtures we've put in. Uh, the reason we've used IKEA cabinetry is because it can all be removed later and right. it has very little impact on the, the old house. Right. But when it comes to lighting, I'm kind of limited to um, standard lighting, like the studio lights that I have with the softbox, which aren't very attractive, but they no, do. Not. But I, I mean, I just make do with what I have and um, I don't want to complain at all about my space. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm very lucky. I know it's I'm very right. lucky and very fortunate. Um, but lighting is one of my challenges that I'm okay. always dealing with. And then keeping the lighting out of view of when I want to make a lovely picturesque photo on Instagram. I don't want a giant oh. black softbox light in the way. So I don't want too many of, of them in here. I mean, you want to keep it real, but not well, too you, real. <laughs> you do. I mean, but that's just a fact of marketing. Like, you know we're all photographing our stuff and putting it online and you know you want there to be little cute little vignette spaces within your studio yeah, where it's course, easy to capture a pretty photo yeah absolutely yeah yeah which which i would like to also talk to you about you have quite intentionally created vignettes for your f- for filming purposes mm-hmm. but i mean gosh don't we all need beautiful we need beauty. We paint us. beauty. We need yeah. beauty. We need to create beautiful little spaces. And also, just because it's fun decorating your space. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So what sort of things do you bring into your studio to inspire your creativity and to keep you feeling uplifted and to be decorative and beautiful? Oh, well, plants are number one. Yeah. I love having plants and doing fun things with plants. Like I have... A beautiful ficus in the corner of my window that is growing up along the wall which I plan to hopefully get it to grow all the way up um, so plant friends love my plant friends and to have greenery in here and also just being indoors a lot it's so much healthier to have plants in a space yes um, and I guess the other thing I have a lot of is dried flowers like I have ah. a lot of um, I like having botanical samples around just to inspire me with shapes etc because I find the way I work is usually not uh, you know I'm not painting realistically those plants into my paintings but the shapes and forms often make their way in there in a in a very simplified version mm. so i like to have, have those around fresh flowers as well I, I love to have fresh flowers and actually i really want to this year actually have a flower subscription what good idea i think i as a floral artist that that is it should totally be a uh, tax write-off <laughs> don't you think <laughs> i was gonna say a gift when somebody needs um, to give you <laughs> but i actually because i got so much more into uh painting watercolors from life over summer I've, and also through conversations we've had where i've reflected on um that that's not something that i've done so much of in the last few years so that's something i'd like to do more of is draw and paint and studies from life right of, um, flowers because I feel like it, the further I get along in my career the, the more I'm investigating and exploring florals and their forms and yeah. ways 
you're constantly finding new ways of depicting them, which I'm sure you can relate to. Yeah. So having a spot where you can just have a couple of plants and, you know, getting yourself a little flower gift every now and again is nice. And, yeah, I do have spaces that I've deliberately styled for the purposes of shooting any courses, etc. Mm. as well. So I try and keep those spaces, um, you know, reasonably clear of clutter yeah. and junk. And that's where the moving tables and cupboards and things comes into it because then you've got spaces to put things away. Yes. Mm. Um, you've really got me thinking about what are the beautiful things I surround myself with because the current space I have, um, I put in some windows that look out onto this garden that mm. I built this year and last year, which is now like in beautiful. full bloom. Yeah. It is gorgeous. It there is. are delphinians and lupins and sweet peas. So beautiful. Echinacea, like it is going off. And I look at that every day yeah, at the moment. Perfect. That's where my desk is. However, when I transition to my the new workspace, I will have the only external windows I will have are the doors, which will look out onto a really ugly carport and driveway. So I'm that's I think it's going to be quite important how I bring that into my space, whether it's through cut flowers or. Um, planting, um, you know, external flower boxes outside. Yeah, I was going to say, you could and, use screens and flower boxes. Yeah. You could even have a little nice little outdoor area. And I'm totally planning on having lots of bringing lots of my uh, hanging my indoor plants because I'll have great natural light yeah, and, and ceiling. And, yeah, and, perfect. Yeah, creating that greenery. And I think it's going to be beautiful. Are you going to paint it or keep it exposed? Brick? I am going to spray the brick white right uh, because it's a bit gungy and also it's a bit leaky so we're yeah. going to need to waterproof, waterproof it mm. and then i'll paint it all white but i think that's it i don't think i need to i'm tempted to do some really cool mural but i know myself once it gets to sort of the place where it's just about ready to go i'm just going to want to get cracking at using it rather than spending too long faffing about I think also having a white backdrop for all of your beautiful work and also for photographing your workspace is really great. Mm -hmm. You could paint a mural on the outside. That would be cool. I could do that, but then I'm like, what if we move house and no one likes my mural? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I have thought about it. Painting over our, we've got some very ugly big colour bond fencing that the previous owner put in that I'm like growing things up like crazy trying to cover and I have thought maybe I should just paint a beautiful floral mural over that but my sensible head tells me it's probably not the best idea. <laughs> and not that I need my husband's permission to do anything mind you but I don't think I could. He's not into the flower fence. Only real flowers. Uh, and I guess there's one other area I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Have a little spot for a bookshelf because, okay. um, you know, having a little bit of inspiration around in the form of books and things that we're reflecting on is really nice to have in the studio. Do you think I should have a little nook uh, with comfortable seating? Absolutely, if yeah. you've got space. I mean, yeah. if you can... I like mean, I actually... I do my morning meditation here in my studio because it's such a beautiful space to be in and I've got my plant friends in here and I've yeah. got a little, a little altar with some candles and incense and I come in and I light it up. And I, I love that because um, there's such a relationship for me between, you know, my own spiritual practice and my art practice. 
that it makes sense to do it in that space. Yes. And also, I associate studio time with me time. Me too. So I think yeah. having absolutely you've got to have a little spot for you that's um, that you can just sit down in a chair and if you've got room. Yeah, I've got a lovely mid-century modern armchair that I um, restored a few oh, years wow. ago. I reckon that would be perfect for that. Yeah, good. I'm glad you said that. You're right. Studio time is me time and I often sneak out there and just have a cup of tea and think. Um, I, I'm not planning on putting a formal desk in for a computer because... We don't really need one, do you? Because you've, I mean, you know, that last episode we did last week where we were talking about you basically crafting a business for yourself where you're minimizing that kind of yeah. work and you have a laptop as well. and i actually use that on the couch i'm not it's well, not very ergonomic go. but i that you could also use it in the chair. Too long. <laughs> i tell you what i do love as well these stools from ikea that i'm pointing at here i don't even know the name of them but I everyone don't even know, know them when they see them those wooden like, bent ply they're kind of yeah mm. and they're just they are so useful and I use them for so many different things. They're great for a side table. They're great for a footstool. Um, they're great to stand on when you want to reach something. Yeah. Two of them together with a canvas on it, you can paint it. Mm. They are a very useful um, utilitarian thing. Great. So you can post a picture of those. I feel like I've referred to so many visual things today <laughs> that we're just talking about. Um, if only IKEA did... Um... What's the word? This oh. this show is not sponsored by IKEA, <laughs> by the way. It's just very we get useful. No revenue from us. Well, I, it's just so useful. All of their stuff is great for when you want to build out a useful utilitarian white space. Yeah. And it's affordable. And it, it's a bit of a trek for us to get to an IKEA as well. I've got to yeah. say, it's a good hour and a half plus with yeah. traffic to drive all the way to Melbourne and get stuff. So um, when we do it, we do it because it's good stuff like the stuff that we really and need. we think about it too yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 cool well i think does that feel like you're feeling a bit i just want to go home and like... go and do it when's <laughs> work it? starting on it this month i'm not <gasps> exactly sure when but we're yeah. you know very soon it's and what's just the first step first step probably the roof and the doors oh and getting rid of stuff getting rid of well we've got to skip out front Great. already yeah awesome you're and onto it and a giant pile to donate and right. all that stuff yeah um and what are you gonna how are you gonna work while the reno is happening well i still have kitchen? my little dorky shed and it won't really affect ah, that because it's little, the other one next door. yeah it Perfect. shouldn't really affect it great and also thank you for recommending such a lovely person who is not a mansplainer and who is a nice person to have around the yeah. home to do the work your, my pleasure. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Not we're the not worst than a mansplainer. So I'm not sharing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing with us all about your exciting project. I feel like we've had a couple of Steph weeks on the podcast. It's been really nice. It's all like part of the celebration of you coming into your own as an artist. And it's just so beautiful seeing you bloom. Oh, you're so good to me. Oh, well, you're stop. pretty darn good to me. It's a mutual <laughs> admiration society. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We hope you have enjoyed our little chat about studio spaces, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. You can always see more of my art over at susanethercote.com. And if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast notes, you can find those over on susannethercotestudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 
And if you like what you're hearing, then why not snap a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories? Be sure to tag me at susan.nebicut so I can say hi. And if you've got a great idea for a future podcast episode or know someone who you think I should interview, then pop on over to susannethercutstudio.com forward slash podcast, hit the button in the header image to shoot me an email. Catch you next time.